Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jacob fell to his knees. He was incredibly afraid. He looked up and the sun was beginning to set and man, it felt like the sun was setting on his life and as the sun slowly went down past the mountains and it began to get darker and darker. Jacob began to get more and more afraid. And he looked around him and he thought, this isn't what was supposed to happen. This isn't the way things were supposed to work out. And he's exhausted from running. And he's separated from his family. And he is in an area where he does not know anything. He is not this guy who likes to sleep out under the stars. He is totally lost. And it starts to get cold. And it's dark. And he looks over and he sees this flat rock. He says, you know what, I, I'm just going to lay down here. And he puts his head on this hard, flat rock and starts to shiver because it's cold. And then he thinks, are there animals around me, circling me, ready to eat me? This is not the way things were supposed to be. This is not. Yeah, and I know this is not the way things were supposed to turn out for Jacob. This was not the way things were supposed to be. See, Jacob is the son of Isaac and Rebekah. And Isaac is the son of Abraham and Sarah. And Abraham, in Genesis chapter 12, is the head of the family. We meet Abraham for the first time. And God comes to Abraham and says, Will you step out in faith and follow me? I will make you promises, Abraham. I promise you, I will make you a great nation. I promise you, I will give you land. I promise you, I will bless you and bless you and bless you. Are you willing to step out in faith and follow me based on those promises alone? And I'm not going to tell you where you're going. You just got to step out in faith. And Abraham says, all right, I'll do it. And he steps out in faith. And God says, I take that faith, that believing loyalty, and I credit to you for righteousness. You are now mine. And from that family, we later get the nation of Israel. And from the nation of Israel, we later get Jesus, the Messiah, all because Abraham stepped out in faith. Well, that blessing, that promise was passed from Abraham to his son, Isaac. And Isaac and Rebekah, they had that promise. And eventually, that promise then was passed on to their kids. And their kids were Jacob and Esau. Isaac and Rebekah gave birth to Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau grew up. But these boys were fundamentally different from each other. 
totally different. Esau was a man of the field. And he liked to go out there and hunt. Dude, I want to go out there and, you know, catch fish and, and kill deer and kill elephants and wrestle crocodiles, you know. Dude, I like to do that. And he would go throw a spear and chunk, kill a deer and he'd drag it back. And, dude, dad, here's some venison. And Isaac, it said, favored Esau. He loved Esau. It says he loved Esau because of the venison that he provided. Because of the food, it was awesome. He probably brought back elephant, deer, buffalo, whatever was great. And he could kill the bigger, the better. That's the way Esau worked. And Isaac loved him for it. And I bet he loved the stories, you know. Dad, Dad, I went out there, Esau says, and, and, and I ran out of a spear. I threw it. I missed the deer. So I just ran after the deer. Dad jumped on its back, and I wrestled to its ground and then broke its neck. But then, Dad, out of nowhere, dude, here comes the saber-toothed tiger about to attack me. So I'm like, dude, what am I going to do? So I stick my big, hairy forearm in his mouth. And cats don't like hairballs. And he's like, oh, ah, ah. With the saber tooth tiger does while he's hacking up a hairball, I break his neck. And dad, so here's the deer, eat some venison, and in your room is a saber tooth tiger rug just for you, dad. And Esau was loved by Isaac, he was a man of the field, a great warrior. But Jacob, exact opposite, pulls apart. Jacob was more of a, he loved the books. He loved to read. Maybe he loved doing math and solving puzzles. He loved to stay around the tent and he loved to help his mom in the kitchen. And maybe he herded a little and worked with some of the sheep and stuff like that. But it says that Jacob was a quiet man and loved to dwell in tents. He loved to be around his mom and his mom would tell him stories. And it says that Isaac loved Esau, but Rebecca. Becca showed favoritism and loved Jacob. Because again, I think Jacob loved to do the things Rebecca did, but also I think Rebecca loved Jacob because of what God had told her. See, years earlier, right, Rebecca was pregnant. And all of a sudden, something weird started happening with the pregnancy. And she felt like there was some war going on in her womb. And she's like, what is happening here? And so she seeks the Lord and she asks God, what's happening? And God comes to her and tells her, you have two boys in your womb. And out of those two boys are going to come two great nations who are going to war with each other. But then God says something interesting says this to Rebecca. He says, the older is going to serve the younger. That's the way it's going to be. And Rebecca was like, whoa, that's different. See, in the ancient Near East, the oldest of any family, they got everything. They got the land when the dad died. They got the money when the dad died. They got the double portion. And everybody else in the family sort of were on their own and had to do their own thing. The oldest was the most blessed one of the family, but God said, I'm going to flip the script. And the younger is going to rule over the older, and the older is going to serve the younger. And I think Rebecca knew this and hung on to this and remembered this. And on the day they gave birth, 
you know, and Rebecca gave birth, out comes Esau first. And Esau literally means red. Because when Esau came out, he was covered with hair. He was a hairy baby. He was covered with hair. But not only that, it was red, thick, red hair. So they're like, we're going to name him Red, which it was we get the name Esau. Well, just as they're pulling Esau out, all of a sudden, whoop, this hand comes out and grabs the heel of Esau. Or maybe as they're pulling Esau out of the womb, they're like, this leg's stuck. And out comes this hand of Jacob that's hanging on to the heel of Esau. And they pull Jacob and Esau out. Well, Esau first, and then they pull Jacob out second. But Jacob's hanging on to Esau. And they're like, you know what? Let's name this baby Jacob. Because Jacob literally means heel grabber. Later on, Jacob also means deceiver, but it literally means heel grabber. I think people laugh. Look at this little baby hanging on to the heel of his big brother. But I think Rebecca and Jacob, they looked at each other and they thought, that's a sign. That's a sign that Jacob's going to rule over Esau someday. Like I said, they grew up. And they became totally different men. And Isaac's heart went to Esau. But Rebekah, she loved Jacob. Well, one day, as they grew older, their characters began to show. Who they are as a person became more and more evident. And it seems that Jacob really was more aware and was concerned more about spiritual things. He probably heard of the great stories of his grandfather, Abraham, and how he followed Yahweh. And he heard about Yahweh's great God, and he wanted to be a part of that. But I think Esau, he didn't really care. He was more interested in hunting and dude, what, what I did here. And he was just more involved in the moment. And in Genesis, it talks about how one day Esau decides to get married. And Isaac and Rebekah, they were clear. They didn't want their kids to marry any of the women of the pagan tribes around him. But Esau didn't care. First beautiful woman he saw, he married her. And he married outside of the wishes of his parents. And again, it seems like he didn't really care about spiritual things. Well, Jacob cared about spiritual things, but Jacob was a manipulator. And I think he sort of learned that from his mom, who was also a bit of a manipulator herself. And when things didn't go the way he wanted, he went out of his way to make sure they did. And he would put two and two together and talk to somebody over here and talk to somebody over there. And eventually he would get what he wanted and everything would work out. And this was great. But he was used to manipulating and lying to get what he wanted. And he thought, man, I want that blessing, man. I, I, and maybe he, maybe Rebecca told him about what God told her that he was going to be in charge one day. And he's like, yeah, I want to speed this thing up. I, I, I want to get this thing going. And so one day it says that Esau came back from a long hunting trip. 
And dude, I'm hungry. I'm exhausted. That trip was hard. I had to ride that elephant. I had to fight that crocodile. Dude, I could really use some food. And when he comes in, guess who's waiting? Stirring a luscious pot of stew. And when Esau smells that... Oh, dude, in Genesis chapter 25, he says, hey, give me some of that red stuff so I can swallow it. I mean, that's literally what it says. He's a pretty base guy. Give me some of that red stuff, the red stuff, so I can swallow, eat, meat, oat, I want oat. Give it to me. And Jacob's like, well, this stew is actually for somebody else. He was probably a great cook, and it smelled great. It was basically a red bean type of stew, which was popular in that region. That's why Esau called it the red stuff. Well, maybe Jacob was like, you know what? This is for somebody else. I don't know if I can give it to you. But it says there that Esau is exceedingly hungry. The word there for hunger is basically a severe drought. I mean, he might be near death's door in terms of, I am starving to death. Dude, I want your food. So Jacob says, give me your birthright and I'll give you a bowl of stew. Give me your birthright and I'll give you a bowl of stew. Give it to me. And Esau looks at the stew. Man, I'm hungry. He's like, birthright, dude, what's a birthright? Oh, yeah, that's right. As the oldest, I get the right to everything. The blessing, the money. I think Esau thought about that. And again, I think this shows a man who doesn't really care about spiritual things because you know what he does? He says, all right, dude, you got it. And they shook on it. And Jacob gave him this big bowl of stew and... Esau's like, this is so good. And he lets it run down his chin, and it's awesome. And Jacob's got exactly what he wanted, the birthright. He is now the legal binding owner of the birthright. When dad dies, he's the one who gets the money. He's the one who gets the land. He's the one who becomes head of the family. He gets that all. And Esau, he didn't care. He gave this birthright, this major thing, just gave it away for some temporary pleasure to eat. Well, like I said, Isaac, he loves Esau. And years later, when Isaac is 130, somewhere around there, he's old at this point, and, and he thinks he's about ready to die. And he can't see. That's how old he is. He's beginning to lose his sight. But he loves Esau. And maybe he's thinking of that, of the of, of Rebecca's prophecy that God came and told her, but yeah, I guess the older is supposed to serve the younger. Maybe Jacob should have my blessing, but I really wanted to give it to Esau. And I love Esau. I love his stories. He's such a cool kid. I'm going to give it to Esau. I, I don't care what God thinks. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and do it because I really care about him. And so he brings Esau over and he says, listen, Esau, go get me a nice piece of venison. Go get me some of your meat, dude, and, and, and bring it here and, and, and then I'll eat it. And then I will give you my blessing. 
And he says like, dude, yeah, this is great. I will get you some food. I'll do that because I want that blessing. And so he heads out. Well, leaning against the tent, listening in is Rebecca. And she's thinking to herself, I don't want the blessing to go to Esau. No, the birthright and the blessing needs to go to Jacob. What is my husband doing? I can't let this happen. And so she runs to Jacob and says, we've got to do something now. Because I just heard Isaac is going to give the blessing to Esau. And Jacob's like, what are we going to do now? At this point, Jacob is in his 70s. So he's not a little boy. Okay. And Rebecca says, this is what we're going to do. I need you to go in and I need you to pretend to be Esau. Because remember, dad can't see. So you'll pretend to be Esau, ask for the blessing, and then he'll give it to you. But then Jacob's like, but you know how hairy Esau is. I'm a smooth man. I've got no hair, mom. This doesn't work. And so Rebecca paces back and forth and she thinks, oh, wait. Isaac's going to touch your forearms and the back of your neck. You know how goat hair, sometimes when you touch it, it sort of feels like touching Esau. I mean, that's how hairy the guy was. That's pretty hairy. Let's put that on your forearm. Let's do that. And so she goes and she gets some goat skin and cuts it up and puts it on each forearm and puts it behind his neck. And, and then she goes and gets some of Esau's clothes and puts it on Jacob. And Jacob's like, what are you doing? Oh, this stuff stinks. Esau smells. What is this? Deer slobber? Oh, God. This is gross, Mom. And Rebecca's like, listen, Jacob, you've got to smell like Esau. Do I have to? Yes. You've got to smell like Esau. You've got to feel like Esau. Now, come on, Jacob. You've got to sound like Esau. Can you do that? And Jacob's like, uh, yeah, dude, 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 I'll get you some deer. I'll, I'll, I'll go kill a crocodile deer. And Rebecca's like, oh, that's close enough. Let's go. And so she's cooking stew. She makes this dish that is exactly her husband's favorite. She hands it to Jacob and she says, all right, go in there. Remember, you are now Esau. And then she says something interesting. She says, if he catches you, may the curse be upon me. I'll take the curse. Don't worry, Jacob. You're fine. I will take the curse. I mean, that's how afraid Jacob was that he was going to be found out. So I can imagine Rebecca pushes him into the tent and he begins to walk forward. And he hands Isaac the venison. Isaac says, who is it? And Jacob says, it, it's me, Esau. And he, you know, he, he's practically blind, but he's got this beautiful dish in front of him. And, and he says, but, but I just sent you out and you're already back with the food? And Jacob says, God provided, the Lord provided in a miraculous way. The tear was right there and God provided. Jacob is lying. And not only is he lying, he's bringing God into his lie. Rebecca and Jacob together are manipulating things to try to get what they think they need out of God. They're trying to be something they're not. They're absolutely doing the wrong thing. 
What if Rebecca and Jacob had gone in together and reminded Isaac, remember that promise that God had made? You can't give the blessing to Esau. You have to give it to Jacob. What if they had just trusted God, but instead they manipulated things? Man, I just want to encourage you, don't lie. Dishonesty will destroy you. It is a horrible thing. It has brought down empires. Lying has brought down men and women of power. It's brought them to their knees. Don't lie. Be a person of the truth. And here, Jacob, he's not only lying, he's pretending. He's, 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 he's totally, again, he brings in God to, to manipulate his lie. So Isaac's like, all right. And so he eats the venison and he enjoys the food. And then he says, are, are you sure you're Esau? Because Isaac can sense. I don't know if Jacob does the best Esau voice, dude. And are you sure you're Esau? And, and, and Jacob's like, dude, yeah, it's me, dad. And he says, come here. And he touches his forearm and feels the hair touches the back of his neck yeah you're hairy like Esau and then he says he pulls him in tight and and hugs him so that he can smell him and yeah 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 you you smell like Esau that's for sure you must be Esau and then he says dude please bless me dad bless me and it says that Isaac kisses him on the forehead and Jacob kisses Isaac. And then Isaac pronounces his blessing. He says in Genesis 27, See, and he takes in a big breath, The smell of my son is as the smell of a field that the Lord is blessed. Verse 28, May God give you of the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. Jacob is probably thinking under his breath, yes, it worked. I now have the divine blessing. I got the birthright earlier. I now have the blessing. And he slowly backs out and he leaves the room. And him and Rebecca, I can imagine, he hugs his mom and he goes off for a little bit. He's so excited. Well, scarcely does Jacob leave the room when Esau enters? And Esau, dude, I got you your venison, dad. Cooked it the way you like it. And I was like, what? What? Who, who are you? Didn't you come in earlier? And and Esau's like, no, I just showed up now. And 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 Isaac's like, what can I do? I can't do anything. I, I already gave away the blessing. And he said, what? And then they realized that Jacob must have dressed up like Esau. 
And then it says there in verse 33 of chapter 27 that Isaac trembled violently when he realized that he had given away the blessing to the son he didn't choose. And then it says Esau became so mad and he says, Dad, please bless me. Please bless me. And it says that he fell to his knees and began to cry, please bless me. And Isaac says, I can't, son. I already gave away the blessing. Please give me a second blessing. Have you not one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also. Oh, my father. And Esau, it says, lifted up his voice and wept. He was broken hearted. But again, he didn't care about the spiritual things. He probably wanted the blessing just for the money. Or maybe he was mad just because his brother cheated him. And so eventually, Isaac gives him the second blessing, which isn't half as good as the first blessing. And the only thing it ends with positively is that you shall break your brother's yoke from your neck. Someday you're going to grow restless and you're going to break his yoke from your neck. You're going to be free, but it's not even half the blessing that Jacob got. Well, Esau got up and he is mad. He is angry and he is out to kill his brother. And he says, when I'm done mourning for my father, because again, his dad thinks he's about to die now. What's funny is Isaac lives for another 45 years, but at this point, Isaac thinks he's about to die. And, and Esau says, when I'm done mourning for my father, I am going to kill my brother. I will rise up and kill him. Well, Rebecca, she has ears everywhere, and she hears that this is what Esau says, and she goes and finds Jacob, and she says, run. Run. You have got to get out of here. Run. Run north. You Run north to my brother, Laban. He'll look after you. You remember your uncle Laban? Get, get out of here now. Run. So Jacob, he just begins to run and run and run and run, and it's getting dark. And again, the only thing he has on him is the clothes he had, and this is where we started. He finally comes to the spot where he is exhausted. What a tragic story. Look what happened when they manipulated. What's truly sad is that Jacob will never see his mother alive again. Their great manipulation was supposed to bring blessing and birthright to Jacob, and it was supposed to end in something fantastic, but it ends instead. He'll never see his mother again. His brother hates him and wants to kill him. And when, when he ran off to go to Laban, Rebecca says, you only stay there a couple days. You'll only be there a little while, and then your brother will calm down. He doesn't really want, he doesn't really care about spiritual things anyway. It'll be fine, and then you'll come back. It'll be great. Well, guess what? Jacob does not return home for another 20 years. His manipulation, his lies... His trying to do things his own way, splits his family, ends up shoving him far away from his mother who will never see life again, and he won't return home for another 20 years. Man, I just want to encourage you. Some of you are manipulators. Some of you listening to this podcast are the 
best manipulators out there. You know how to, to talk to people who talk to this boss. You know how to play office politics better than anybody else. You know how to get things done at your church the way you want to get things done. You manipulate your spouse. You manipulate your kids. Or if you're a kid, you manipulate your mom. You manipulate your teacher. You get anything you want because you know how to cry when you're supposed to cry, laugh, and you're supposed to talk about people behind their back. And when you don't need them, you'll drop a friend and you won't care and you just manipulate things for your own end and I want to tell you that one of the lessons of the story of Jacob is do not manipulate especially if you're a believer if you follow the Lord as your savior if you say I am a follower of Jesus manipulation should not be part of your life you need to trust and obey you need to put your faith in Jesus and put your trust in him. And when things don't work out exactly the way you want it, don't manipulate trust. Let God work on your behalf. Let God do things for you rather than you try to manipulate things for yourself. Well, here's Jacob running at the end of his rope, lying in the middle of this barren wasteland with his head on a hard rock for a pillow. And he's probably crying and shivering in the cold. And he's wondering what's going to happen next when... He looks over and he sees this light from, from the sky. And it gets bigger and bigger. And he sees, it, it is, that, that can't be what I'm looking at, can it? That, that, that can't be what I'm seeing. It, it, what? And if you come back next week, we will find out what Jacob saw. But I just want to end with, trust God. Lean upon him. When you start to do things in your own power and your own strength, you know, Jacob wanted good things, the blessing of God, the birthright that was supposed to be his. He, he, he cared about spiritual things, but he went about it the wrong way. And we're going to see how God works in his life to, to bring him into a right relationship and to come to a better understanding of how to do things. But I just want to encourage to anybody who's listening, don't lie, don't manipulate. But instead, trust in our mighty, wonderful, awesome God who promises to work all things for our good if we just trust Him. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week.